Warning, you are about to enter a world populated by the most appalling music ever made. Welcome to the search for the worst album of all time. This is Broken Records. But I hadn't been forgotten, I Joe. I'd been married a long time ago. Saint Bango. <laughs> a girl with kaleidoscope eyes. <laughs> You're beautiful. Hey, hey, I wanna be a rock star. Hello, welcome to Broken Records. This is episode 30 of the Riot Act podcast, spin-off podcast, where I, Stephen Hill, hello, hope you're well, and he, Renfrey Deadman, hello Renfrey, he's here as well, how are you? Hello, I'm very well, how are you Steve? Good, I'm alright, thank you mate, I'm good. This is where the two of us try and find the worst album ever made, ever, by any musician in history. It's our search for the worst record ever made. Um, this is episode 30, so we are now 30 very bad records that we've listened to now, Renfrey. Yeah. Although some of them aren't really that bad, are they? Let's be honest. Some of them are actually all right. I, I, yeah, some of them are okay. Um, I, I mean, everything from 20 onwards is, you know, certainly isn't uh, insulting or offensive or anything <laughs> like that. Um, but there's a fair few offensive records in here. But, uh, you know, yeah uh there's some okay stuff in there so if you are listening to the podcast for the very very first time essentially all the albums that are featured here are compiled from a very big list that we have um they're put on that list due to their reputation from suggestions from you our listeners their critical standing or just general fan reaction uh this episode we are going to be talking about the seventh studio album from the la hardcore legends black flag the album is called what the aptly named released on the 5th (laughs) of november 2013 but before we get into that record we have to talk about the rankings this is your least favorite part of the show renfrey to be fair isn't it me going through (laughs) all of the records i don't mind i I don't no 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 i mean that that, that's that's totally wrong i just it's just we just got a lot of records now you know it's it's just long so i will try and bust through these as quickly as possible starting from the best and going all the way down to the worst we have self-portrait by bob dylan lou reed and metallica's lulu lou reed again with metal machine music the self-titled album by liz fair lauren hill mtv 2.0 unplugged Standing in the Spotlight by D.D. King The Transformed Man by William Shatner Three by Van Halen Black and White Rainbows by Bush Primitive Call by Mick Jagger Results May Vary by Limp Bizkit Umaguma by Pink Floyd The Streets and Sky by The Enemy One by Dirty Vegas Razorlight by Razorlight Viva Brothers Famous First Words Theory of a Dead Man's The Truth Is Slick Dogs and Ponies by Louis Fourteenth. The Cosmos Rocks by Queen and Paul Rogers. United Nations of Sound by Richard Ashcroft. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, the original soundtrack to the greatest movie ever made. The self-titled debut album by Yogan Quigg of The X Factor. Graveyard Classics Volume 2 by Six Feet Under. Towers of London's Blood, Sweat and Towers. Corey Feldman's Angelic to the Core. Blood on the Dance Floor's Bad Blood. Methods of Mayhem's Methods of Mayhem. Uncle Cracker Double Wide at number two. And still at number one, as far as we are aware, the worst album ever made. I'm not a fan, but the kids like it by Broken Side. But that album is going to be joined on that list. Potentially, we may have a new number one potentially probably not really when you think broken side that's going to take some fucking beating to be perfectly honest but like i say black flag 
We're going to be talking about Black Flag, their, their, uh, their seventh album released in 2013, pretty far down the line from the heyday and glory era of Black Flag. Black Flag, a name that conjures up some of the most vital, brutal and innovative punk rock in the history of that genre. But I have to say, like most of the best bands from the 1980s, US hardcore movement, Minor Threat, Dead Kennedys, Misfits, whoever, Black Flag burned brightly and burned quickly. Renfrey, before we get into it, anyone who knows anything about me is probably aware I, I really, really, really like Black Flag, obviously. Mm. Um, what about you? Are you a Black Flag fan at all? It's one of those, um, it's one of those instances where I have a great amount of respect for the band and um, they went on to influence a bunch of stuff that I really love. Uh, but that era of hardcore, I always kind of take a respectful sort of reverence over, but I don't mm-hmm. put it on very often. Mm-hmm. I don't put Damaged on that often. I don't put My War on that often. I'll put them on from time to time. Um, this might be sacrilege, but I'm actually more likely to put on the Rise Above compilation album that i am to put a black flag album on which is bonkers for those who don't know it's a uh no it isn't by the way just to put it out there it's actually the best black flag thing ever oh okay okay (laughs) uh well so it's a compilation album really oh i Mm. can't remember when it was released but 2003 Uh, roughly i think yeah that sounds about right um to raise money for the west memphis three uh Mm -hmm. watch paradise lost if you're unaware of that um Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's got like tons of different vocalists and bands doing Black Flag covers. Basically, it's like twenty. Well, let, let, let's go through some of them: Lemmy, Corey Taylor, yeah, uh, Jeff from Poison the Well, Lars and Tim from Rancid. Um, oh my god, this is all off the top of my head. Obviously, Henry Rollins, Keith Morris turns up on one of them as well. Um, Nick Olivieri from Queens of Stone Age is on it. Cedric Bixler from At the Drive In, I believe, is on it as well. Um, You're doing a lot oh, better than fuck I am. me, help me out. There are a load <laughs> of other people as well. Um, Casey Chaos from Amen is on it as well. Tom uh, from Slayer, Ice T, I think, is on it as Iggy well. Iggy Pop's on it. Chuck Iggy D, Pop. Keith Morris, Mike yeah. Patton, Nick Olivieri, uh, yeah, Mike Patton, Lemmy, Tom Araya uh tim armstrong and and last three because uh, brian adams at the end there oh dear that's a shame um but yeah um a, an absolute like incredible so it, that's that's interesting that you say that would you say that that um tribute album is the best way to listen to black flags songs is that partly down to the production as well as the vocal performances yeah i think it is actually i think um the so it was the guys who were left in the Rollins band who did the music for that and then they just got various vocalists in. Now, I know it might be, you know, it, it, I think it probably would be considered sacrilege to say that they're better or, you know, whatever. But then I think there's an argument. I mean, for example, like the John Bush re-recording of stuff on The Great of Two Evils by Anthrax when people say, oh, you know, they do this stuff from Among the Living better with John Bush like 15 years later or whatever. I can see why people might go, oh my God, I can't believe you said that. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's just true. And I think they just they just sound better. And there's, there's people bringing stuff to that record that Henry Rollins didn't bring to it. Hearing Mike Patton scatting his way through Six Pack or um, Lemmy, perfect on Thirsty and Miserable. Like Lemmy's not the greatest vocalist of all time, but he sounds right, more right than Henry Rollins does doing that song. And um, 
you know, like I say, I've heard it before with Jeff from Poison the Well bringing like proper metallic hardcore brutality to that song. Fucking great. It's just a great, and they don't really change the, they don't really change the music that much. They just make it sound a bit more fuller. And yeah. that's cool. Yeah, it's, it's it's just a production thing, really, isn't it? Like it, mm. uh, it was. It actually came out two thousand two. I just checked, mm. um, and yeah, as as a consequence, like the production is just. I mean, when was Damaged released? Nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty. What? Nineteen eighty one. Nineteen eighty one. It was early eighties. Mm. Um, you know, so these days, I mean, capturing hardcore at that point in time was a very difficult task. I don't think anyone ever mm. really managed it until much yeah. later on i think i mean for me i think the keith morris early years has got some great shit in there fucking great obviously the nervous breakdown ep is legendary i think damage is rightly lauded as an all-time classic because i think the songs on it are brilliant like even if you aren't that keen on the production i mean i remember the first time i heard it because it's quite hard to get hold of back in the day when you mm. had to go out and actually buy cds and whatever so it's quite hard to get hold of so the first time i heard it I think I probably had heard that West Memphis 3 tribute at that point, and I was oh, it's not quite as powerful as that. But, you know, over the years, I have grown to really like it. I think My War has rightly received a reputation as an incredibly influential album, you know, particularly on grunge and that kind of down-tune thing um, that happened a little bit later on. And I think it's far better than people had pegged it at the time, and I think it's probably my favourite Black Flag album, if mm. I'm being, you know, honest about it. There's stuff in Slip It In that I think is incredibly interesting and really worth checking out. Even Family Man, which is really, really different and really difficult, but I really admire the fact that they did something so, so different. Um, And when you think of Black Flag, you know, you think of an entire list of names of legendary musicians that come up in your head Henry Rollins Keith Morris Des Kadena Chuck Dukowski Chuck Biscuits Bill Stevenson Kira Rosler and none of those people appear on this record that we're about to talk about (laughs) which um, you know is is a bit annoying I guess when you think you've waited all that time for a Black Flag record and I think this probably feeds in quite nicely to where some of the problems with this record lie in essence but it shouldn't really be a problem though right should it really because anyone who really knows anything about anything about black flag will know the star man the main man is greg Jinn, and greg Jinn, of course is the only constant in that band for the entirety of its existence um he didn't actually split the band up i was reading up on this he didn't actually split the band up apparently he just quit he phoned up Henry Rollins and said he's quitting um, after their the, the album before this album. So 1985 is in my head being the last Black Flag album until this one we're going to talk about. Um, well, that that's and... worth that's worth steaming on just for a little bit because that marks God. What's the in my head came out in 1985, didn't it? Mm-hmm. So it's yep. what 28 years since. Yep. 28 years between records i mean that's double what chinese democracy was and i guess people weren't sitting around waiting for a new black flag album to come out but no still that's absolutely i didn't actually realize it was that long a time until we started doing this so yeah, yeah. it's crazy it, it, it's it's quite a long time <clears throat> black flag split up in 1986 uh after that record uh, in my head came out in 1985 and I don't really think 
I mean, I don't remember much of a kind of clamour for Black Flag to reform when I first started getting into music. Um, and over the years, you know, with the, like I said, the advent of grunge and the second summer of punk with Epitaph Records and Bad Religion and Green Day and Offspring and Rancid and all of that. Plus, I think the success of Henry Rollins as a solo artist and as an actor and as an author and as a spoken word artist and just a kind of general all-round popular culture icon, the legend of Black Flag really started to grow and grow and grow with every passing year. Um, I remember they were talked about a fair bit when I was sort of first getting into rock music in the Kerrangs and all that kind of thing, but there really seemed to be a big old spike about people going on about Black Flag really towards I think probably towards the end of that yeah that kind of skate punk fans warp tour boom suddenly people were name checking Black Flag a hell of a lot a hell of a lot Um, but do you remember the first time you were familiarised yourself with the band Renfrey? It it might have even been playing something like Tony Hawk's like round a friend's house or something like that that's probably the first time i heard black flag and at that point you know being 13 14 whatever i wouldn't have been into it at all i mean i'm sorry to say this steve but i would have been obsessed with green day and blink and the other bands that were on those games but were a bit more um goldfinger brighter yeah brighter and spanglier (laughs) and poppier and all that kind of thing so um but I would have I would have thought a Tony Hawk's game was my introduction to Black Flag. I'm now going to find mm. out that they were never on a Tony Hawk's game or something like that. But I'd be they, very surprised if they weren't. They were definitely on uh, Grand Theft Auto. They probably ah, they probably were. I think they were on Tony Hawk. I don't remember. I don't actually remember. I think TV Party or Rise Above or something might have been on. Hmm. Tony Hawk game, yeah, you might be right. To be honest with you, whether whether it was or not, I mean, I've played all the Grand Theft Auto games, so uh, I would have definitely listened to that. So yeah. Mm. Um, so Black Flag is split up, and I think the sort of idea of them there being another Black Flag, a bit like the Misfits, really. Like Danzig got bigger than the Misfits mm-hmm. uh, in the sort of early nineties, and you thought, well, you know, it, the idea of Henry Rollins leaving the Rollins band to go and join black flag i think at that point would be a bit now like expecting joshua homie to go back and reform caius when queens of stone age are comfortably bigger than that um but in 2003 the band played three reunion shows for a cat's protection charity which is the only thing that would get stegel back together <laughs> uh, <laughs> incidentally if you're if, you, if you're asking guys um with pro skateboarder Mike Valley on vocals, weirdly. Uh, more about him a little bit later mm. on. A Keith Morris-fronted version of the band played the Nervous Breakdown EP in full at a surprise show in 2011. Again, more about them later. Uh, which brings us, I guess, to, to kind of where this record, because we don't really want to, I don't really want to go too far into the the glory days of Black Flag when this is broken records and we're supposed to be talking about the the non-glory days of Black Flag. So in January 2013, it was announced that Black Flag would be reforming properly as Black Flag, sort of. Now, those of us, me included, hoping for a Henry Rollins-fronted Black Flag backed by Jin, Kadena, Dukowski and Bill Stevenson were left somewhat let down by the fact that the reformed Black Flag were going to consist of Greg Ginn on guitar, Greg Ginn on bass under the pseudonym Dell Nixon, 
Ron Reyes, he of the 1980 Jealous Again EP and Very Little Else in his time in Black Flag, uh, on vocals. And Gregory Moore, who played on a bunch of Greg Jinn's solo projects and drummed in the 2003 reunion shows. Uh, that was the lineup. Um, they were soon added to with bassist Dave Klein, who was a, a sort of live member. He was in the band Screeching Weasel, never been in Black Flag before. Now, to think, right? how people said that faith no more weren't the real faith no more because jim martin wasn't playing guitar or you know no danzig no misfits when michael graves came along that time or we've said a bunch of times people actually were like right i'm not going to see a smashing pumpkins without darcy Mm. i mean people do think these things Mm. i mean if that's the case surely the reformed black flag of 2013 has to go down as comfortably the most underwhelming reunion lineup in history. Oh, it must be a contender. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, it must, must be. be a contender. Um, I mean, I feel like I was aware that Black Flag had got back together and had done another album, but um, I actually thought it was far earlier than this. I didn't realise it was 2013. In 2013, I, I don't... I, pretty much just started i'd only been doing it for a year or so but i was quote unquote a professional journalist and i did not hear about i didn't hear about this at the time at all it just completely passed under my radar um so i guess that shows the collective shrug that it was greeted with i mean you didn't you know if if they came over here i don't know if they did or not but you weren't considering seeing them or anything like that were you i don't think as a no, we'll, we'll talk about their their show, okay. uh, their shows uh, in in the UK. I mean, yeah, because, uh, well, I mean, the thing is, like, I mean, they had the the nerve to call it the classic nineteen seventy nine lineup. Yeah, that's the... it's, it's not it's not the classic nineteen seventy nine lineup in any way whatsoever. Yeah, it's the main bloke who's always been in it, a guy who was in it for like a year, who would yeah. probably be considered like the fourth most famous vocalist to pass through the ranks of black flag and then a drummer well i suppose who's never been in the band before and then a bass player who's you know apart from some you know filling in on the 2003 three reunion shows yeah and then they're getting a live bass player who'd literally never been in the band before (laughs) ever ever i I mean how is that the classic 1979 lineup i mean i mean the, the actual phrase is correct it depending on on your interpretation of the word classic um but uh yeah it's shaky ground to say the least is it is it even i mean it's not the night whether you consider the 1979 lineup to be a classic black flag lineup which i would probably say no i would probably like raise an eyebrow at someone saying ah you know (laughs) fucking ron ray's black flag and the jealous again ep that was the classic black flag really was it was it really um but for them to say it's that but it not even be that mm. that's a piss take oh oh this is all a piss take i'm just trying to play devil's advocate but um yeah, yeah um yeah no it's pretty bad it must have been very very disappointing for those who actually mm. even heard about it in the first place uh, and you've got to think you know in 2012 both at the drive-in and refused reformed to a fair bit of fanfare you know Mm. now i would argue that were a 
ref a, a proper reformed black flag to reform six months after that were that to happen that would have been bigger news than certainly refused i would say mm. and maybe at the drive-in as well because henry rollins is such a you know rollins is clearly the big star in terms of just casual people looking at it and going what's this they'd go mm. oh it's the guy from johnny mnemonic like and you know he's in heat as well mm. uh it's henry rollins but without him it, i wouldn't turn around and be like oh a black flag reunion without henry rollins is not a black flag reunion i don't actually think that but i think obviously it's going to have its most commercial um success with henry rollins in the band is what i would say and depending on who surrounds him as well this is just you know guys it's not as really really weird and like you say it didn't feel like a big deal it didn't feel like it really resonated you know like when the the, the think pieces about refuse coming back and the you know the stuff about at the drive in the back and the hype surrounding the fact that they were coming back and then black flag come back who are i mean i would say more influential than at the drive in and and you know arguably think they probably themselves and most people would argue they are more influential than both refused and out of the drive-in i think you could at least have a conversation about refuse but you i mean you, you can dismiss out of the drive-in without even talking about it really like black flag are more influential than out of the drive-in done um and it just wasn't a thing at all like you say i mean you was you work in the music industry and you you didn't even bother no, you didn't even know about it. No, I didn't really know about this at all. I think I, I, I was a little bit sceptical when you were saying, oh, it would have been as big a deal as at the drive-in and, and refused and all that sort of thing. Um, but as you were speaking there, I did actually look the Spotify statistics up, the monthly listening statistics, and Black Flags are bigger than both at the drive-ins and refused, uh, which would suggest that maybe that's correct. Having said that, Black Flag songs tend to be about a minute and a half long. So you can get a lot more (laughs) lessons in, Mm. in a lot less time. And I wouldn't normally consider something like that. But when so many of your songs are a minute and a half, two minutes, I think that is worth considering. But yeah, they've got around, um, they've got almost half a million monthly listens on Spotify. So yeah, maybe you're Mm. right. Maybe they would have been Brixton Academy. I think it absolutely would have been Brixton Academy. Um, the funny thing about it is is the only thing that really made me even think about the reformed black flag was that while all that was going on the version of the band that played that 2011 nervous breakdown ep show surprise show uh consisting of morris dukowski stevenson and the descendants guitarist stephen egerton um also roping in des Kadena as well they formed the band flag which was their own, and some would say, much more attractive and exciting-looking variant of the Black Flag moniker. Mm. Now, for me, personally, I know one of them has got Greg Ginn in, and you should always be like, well, that's the that's the guy. But at the same time, and it's called Black Flag. But at the same time, Flag seemed much more exciting to me as a an idea than what black flag were uh, yeah I, I i would be vaguely interested in seeing flag as a casual mm. black flag fan um but this incarnation of black flag especially after hearing the record wouldn't have particularly interested me in the slightest not yeah. in the slightest 
No, no, not at all. Um, on the 2nd of October 2013, Greg Jinn brought a trademark infringement action against the members of Flag regarding their use of the name and the logo of Black Flag. He also sued Keith Morris and Henry Rollins individually for apparent lies to the Patent and Trademark Office uh, regarding their ongoing use of the Black Flag name, logo and patent in their live shows. So this is where shit gets really fucking messy. Mm. I mean, little bit of a spoiler alert. This is not a good record, right? This is not a good. This is not a good record. But it's not a good record. Surrounded by fucking just stupid chaos, just as chaotic and embarrassing as maybe maybe. Ugh, there's not many, even in broken records. There's not many records where you just go, "What are you? What are you doing? Mm. Like, what are you actually doing?" It's an absolute mess. Um, in October, just before the album was released, a judge ruled against Greg Jinn, stating that the logo had fallen into generic use and pointed out that he couldn't stop the band Flag from using the word "flag," particularly as in this instance, the amount of media coverage of the band would make it pretty clear who it was and what it was, and it's quite hard to disagree with that particular judge in that you can't say you can't use the word flag Mm. yeah no that's preposterous it's like saying you can't (laughs) you can't use the word peas it's like well (laughs) yeah like if will i am starts a band called peas (laughs) the other members of the black eyed peas can't go you can't do that you can can do that yeah he can Uh, yeah um and in uh to make it even more maddening in november 2013 just prior to the release of the album on physical format uh it was actually out on streaming services as we said it came out in um in october but they hadn't actually got the physical copies ready in time Mm. for the official release so they hadn't actually officially released physical copies uh at a show in in australia ron reyes was kicked off stage by the band's manager mike valley yes the same mike valley who just happened to step in on vocal duties back on that 2003 reunion show who took control of the mic for the final two songs of the show uh reyes is not just kicked off the stage but kicked out the band completely something which his statement from the time suggests he was more than happy about he posted on facebook yeah yeah, actual facebook he posted <laughs> no guitarist deserves such unquestioning blind devotion and i have been excommunicated in a very strange fashion i truly feel sorry for anyone who to witness the infantile behavior and the relentless provocation i was subjected to both on and off stage before going on to conclude that the parts of the reunion he was involved in were in his words overwhelmingly bad and then remfrey before we get into it there's the album's cover oh god the yeah. Puke green, faux punk, tongue out, metal horn waving cartoon of the album's artwork, which people saw before they heard any of the record. I remember seeing this and thinking, is this some kind of shit bootleg? Is this some sort of kid's first go at designing a Blink-182 album? Mm. It doesn't look like a Black Flag record. And, you know, let's be very, very clear about this. The aesthetic of Black Flag is so important. That logo is iconic and instantly recognisable to everyone involved in punk rock. Those early albums that were designed by Greg Jean's younger brother, Raymond Pettibon, look fantastic and have become iconic album covers. This was actually designed by Rares himself and people fucking hated it. There's a website that I found called Wolfgang's Vault that put a piece up called 10 Pieces of MS Paint Art 
less tacky than the new black flag cover uh it includes pictures of a fat shaming cat with a fat man on a lead morrissey eating a live horse and sad gandalf they're all exactly as you'd expect them to be crude crap drawings on ms paint of weird little things and to be fair all of them are better than the cover um exclaim music called the artwork or said of the artwork as you'll see up above the cover art is gasp inducing looking like something a south park character looking something like a south park character giving us devil horns after getting juiced off a bag of fun dip your thoughts on the album cover renfrey it looks like uh um it looks like more like something that green day would have done (laughs) <laughs> Pro- probably in their early day it's like an adolescent green day you know artwork kind of thing and by that yeah. i mean you know you know there are green day albums when they're trying to be mature kind of thing quote unquote mm. um it's not that it's it's the adolescent kind of kaplunk kind of drawing you know how to mosh on the back of the liner notes and kaplunk kind of thing it's um and totally even as someone who's very casually into black flag you look at it and it's like well it's clear that this is totally inappropriate for this band like uh, like it it belongs on the back of a year eight maths textbook yeah that someone's just a doodle in the back some like 12 year old kid a doodle in the back of the like it does not belong on the front cover of the comeback album after 28 years of one of the greatest bands in the history of hardcore that is not where it should be um all of this meant that even before any of us had heard a single solitary note of this record how could you not be skeptical of what this black flag were an egomaniacal band leader with a real lack of quality control um just for a little aside what the was actually the fifth full-length release that greg Jin had released that year alongside a solo album an album by his instrumental rock band mojack and the first two albums by good for you his punk collaboration with mike valley um you've also got a pro skater and two random session musicians and with the reputation of comeback albums what could possibly go wrong (laughs) what could possibly go wrong um so I'll read out a couple of the reviews before we get into it. Pitchfork gave it what I think is a very reasonable 4.9 out of 10, saying, Mm. in a way, the saddest thing about what there isn't its glaring shortcomings, it's the fact that in spots, the record shows real potential. The handful of strong songs have heart and spunk and direction, about as much as one could hope for from the renewed collaboration of two ornery vets such as gin and rares given some time to gel this version of the band might eventually have developed its own special chemistry added its own wrinkle to black flags convoluted timeline but in light of rares departure what there will be forever remembered as a stillborn curiosity a memento of the year that black flags legacy exploded Punknews.org gave it five out of ten um saying overall what the sounded like a very polished black flag album and it seemed like the band were trying way too hard uh way too hard to sound like they did in the 80s but just like when the misfits 1997 album american psycho the first without glenn glenn danzig in the band black flags what the felt like they cheated fans by still using the band's name chances are that there would have been a lot less animosity if rares and gin formed a new hardcore band entirely but because they decided not to do that to many what the stands out as a blemish on black flags otherwise legendary catalog metal injection didn't actually score it but did say what there is under the delusion that it's a dirty thrashy hardcore punk album that's pushing every song for all all the adrenaline it's worth and really 
that's all the effort this commands. Throw in some lyrics that will leave you shitting corn, some of the most generic drumming on any punk record, an artwork that looks like it was puked onto some cardboard, and you've got this album. Uh, Consequence of Sound gave it a D minus, saying Black Flag is a band as deserving as any of taking another victory lap if they see fit. It's just unfortunate that the end result result acts more as a cautionary tale against reunions than a convincing argument for them uh metacritic has it on 42 out of 100 from 10 reviews overall so um our verdict on this record what the by black flag what are you saying renfrey um <clears throat> start with the positive uh bounces along at a fair old clip because it's 22 <laughs> songs in 43 mm. minutes and 55 seconds um i mean having said that it still feels like a pretty long 44 minutes um as uh, none of these songs particularly sat in my head at all uh, I, no. I i i there was the odd hook here and there but even when you could like even when there was like a hook there none of them were particularly strong um, I kept finding myself popping back to the track list every three or four songs to see how much was left, uh, which was nice in terms of feeling like I was making progression through the album. But when you have 22 tracks that's still looking at the track list like five or six times at you know to see how much time is left. So in 44 minutes, I basically stared at the track list seven times to be like when's it over <laughs> which is not a good indication at all that is not mm. a good indication at all um the it, it, it sounds like they've sort of gone for that let's purposefully record it badly thing because it really sounds bad it sounds so bad it sounds like uh, for a record release in 2013 there's no fucking excuse for it to sound like this i kind of it doesn't even feel like an aesthetic choice though that's what i don't get about it is that i get the let's make it sound raw well you know okay maybe it i mean maybe it doesn't like, like i get that there are things like bedroom black metal projects and you know scrappy electro noise projects and 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 punk records and thrash projects that try and go for that particular sound but they at least there's there's going for that particular sound and want but still want to make it look good and then there's this and i don't really understand i don't really understand well what is going on here those black metal records and stuff that you're talking about usually go for a, a nostalgic bad sound quality i think the difference with this is it isn't nostalgically bad it's just bad <laughs> like it's just mm. it's just really bad i suspect the reason and it took me a, a, a little while to con onto this but i suspect the reason it's so poor is because of greg Ginn. um because the guitars and the bass are really fucking loud on the mix and the drums and the vocals are not <laughs> and of course craig ginn did the the guitars and the bass um i mean the bass particularly it was the bass actually that made me go that made me tune into it in the first place but it's like a bass is an instrument that often you you can't kind of hear every single note it's doing when it's within a band situation it's kind of providing a foundation and a bass but unless you're a bass player very few people concentrate on the bass it's so smack bang front and center in your face the entire time 
the base face base um that it, it you can't not concentrate on it it's crazy and then the guitars i mean the nice thing the, the best thing about this album is it's got a few nice guitar riffs uh, nice isn't the right word but through a few relatively decent guitar riffs in that well, greg Ginn kind of um lazy right hand kind of way he's got a very loose rhythmic kind of sense mm. to what he does and you know there's a couple of that are all right but not not many well i'm i'm convinced there's only one riff on this album <laughs> yeah, i'm convinced that this is just one riff it isn't even changed it's not like they've changed it and changed it up a bit it's yeah. the same riff played over and over and over and over again sometimes it's slightly slower sometimes it's slightly faster sometimes it's short, start slightly shorter sometimes it's slightly longer sometimes he does the nee, 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 bit mm. in a different place but ultimately it is exactly the same riff in track one all the way through to track 22 and that was for me where i was like you're fucking greg Jin. you've only Give me another riff. Give me a better yeah. riff. Or a yeah. di- not even a better riff, just a different riff. Mm. Just some sort of different thing. It is so fucking monotone, this record. It's produced terribly. It is so fucking monotone. And, I mean, old Harker albums, like we said, were a, they were a mess. There's something charmingly messy about them. But this is this is an unmotivated mess. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's a really... I, I honestly don't think... <sighs> I don't think it's even produced with... I think he just went, well, we used to do this this way in Black Flag back in the old days, so I guess now we're called Black Flag again. We do it the same way. And it's like, well, no, you don't have to do that. Mm. You don't have to do that. Do you know what I mean? You can kind of... I always talk about comeback albums and older bands sounding... I usually use the word weathered. Now, there's there's something a little bit sad about listening to like Ron Reyes in in this being this old and sneering like a teenager refusing to tidy his room like and that's not me going oh all punk and hardcore back that older like keith morris around this time was surrounding himself with some younger musicians but not always younger musicians uh in in off and sounding kind of bordering on thoughtful and intelligent mm. uh, in on on those off records mm. and reyes sounds like will ferrell in stepbrothers mm. <laughs> like he sounds like an absolute idiot like on slow slow your ass down and when he's like he sneers sarcastically you really crack me up on mm. wallow in despair and he just sounds like someone has come like a school friend has come to him and said who's got a job and has gone mate i'm think maybe you shouldn't spend all your days in your elderly parents basement smoking weed and watching sci-fi dvds i mean maybe now you're 52 maybe you should get a job <laughs> and he's just gone you really crack me up and you think well that's that would have been fine when you were 18 but at your age you sound like yeah you sound like a bit of a dickhead yeah all like all of the lyrics on this album kind of sound like the that um friend you had at home who never moved away from home and is still ranting and raving about the same old problems that they did rant and rave about when they were 15 and it's like you're 35 now like what are you doing or in this case you're 52 whatever age it was you know it's like fucking hell i pluck, pluck that age out of the air. Okay. i don't know okay. exactly how old he is but yeah um but yeah like it it's it's 
It's a pretty... He's 60. He's 60. He's 60. Oh, wow. So he would have been 52 when this record came oh, out. Oh, okay, okay, okay. What a good guess. Um, I mean, it, it, yeah, it's a pretty poor record. You sort of already said this, but the dynamics are woefully just... Well, they're not really there, are they? It's so samey. And so, you know, which makes this a really long slog of 40, you know, 44 minutes. Um, but I was going to ask you... Because this album doesn't like there's a lot of bad things about this record, but it doesn't scream to me like dreadful, dreadful album, you know. It screams to me utterly boring, I've heard this a million times before. There's loads of bands who do this. Most of them do it better, but you know, it sort of strikes me as the sort of album that should have been forgotten rather than people um remember for being terrible so do you think it's the circumstances around uh mm-hmm. the release of the record definitely i do yeah. i mean you know look this is not a good record no by any stretch of imagination if if this was a debut album from a new band we would probably just not review it because we think they're not very good yeah right if it was a continuation from a band who we'd liked years ago, who'd been endlessly making records for years and years and years, we might think they'd had a bit of a misstep or they'd run out of ideas. Yeah, yeah. But for this to be the first Black Flag album in, like you say, literally decades. Yeah, 20 years. Literally decades. And for it not just to be like, oh, wow, Black Flag have returned and they've released a shit record. Black Flag have returned and it's not anything like you wanted Black Flag to be. And it's rubbish. And they're suing the band who are probably better than them um and greg jinn's gone mental and you know the people that you want to see in it aren't anything to do with it and what the actual fuck is going on here Hmm. this is you know why are you doing this it feels like an affront and an insult to your legacy and i think that's the thing is that this is just a a component part of an all-round disaster essentially Mm. like if you take the music the album in isolation and i guess that's what we're doing on this show and this is you know why you know it's it's not going to be number one Mm. i don't i think it's you know there's definitely better records than this in there but there's a hell of a lot worse ones as well Mm. um when we get around to placing it but it is just the fact that i mean i saw i saw bad brains at the astoria in 2005 2006 time and they were just dreadful. They were just absolutely atrocious. And it was quite upsetting to see. But you think, well, that's an old classic hardcore band playing a bad gig. Yeah. And oh no, they're not very good anymore. Oh well. It wasn't the like <laughs> it's like the Joker setting fire to the money in the Dark Knight, this, isn't it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like some people just want to watch the world burn. It's like that's what this is. This is what and that, this is just a pile of that, a bit of that pile of money. This is Greg Jinn literally getting every single black flag thing ever, putting it in a big pile, dousing it in petrol and throwing a match on it. Like I mean, obviously it's not it's still never like they're such an important band that it's not really gonna diminish how people feel about black flag but i think he's doing as good a job fucking up his legacy as anyone has ever done it feels like though that like he has a lot less respect for um well forgive this is the least punk way i could describe it which is not very appropriate but he seems to have 
the least amount of respect for the brand of Black Flag out of everyone because as you mentioned this was one of several did you say one is one of six albums he released this year mm-hmm. um and that's the thing it does just sound like another album that's been tossed off and taken you know two months to write in its entirety kind of thing um and it's almost as if he just sort of went okay the next thing i do will be black flag regardless of quality or whatever you know and the pitchfork review kind of had a half-hearted kind of defense for him which was that basically he was like this is a very very prolific musician who releases loads and loads and loads of music and this just happens to be one of the ones which isn't so good but unfortunately it's attached to the name of one of the most important bands in hardcore of all time i mean undoubtedly in the top 10 probably in the top five so yeah um i mean i thought that was an interesting defense i don't know i don't know greg Ginn's other work enough well enough to be able to really properly assess that um but it was an interesting point that they made and certainly i certainly expected pitchfork to be far harsher than they were it's not Mm. a glowing review by any stretch of the imagination what did you say got 4.9 4.9 yeah 4.9 which is very generous (laughs) i think (laughs) it is pretty generous um but you know it made some really interesting points and it was clearly someone who who knows more about black flag and greg greg Jin and their legacy than me greg Mm -hmm. um i mean in this sort of aftermath of this so in 2000 early 2014 um valley named himself as the band's full-time lead singer and made a public apology for the mess that Black Flag had become and promised more new material, saying that 2013, in his words, could have been better. (laughs) Understatement of the fucking year there, mate. Um, Of course, we haven't had that new material yet. Um, Mm. Probably don't worry about it, lads, to be honest. Mm. Um, Dave Klein uh, had enough as well and quit the band, so he was in it for like a year and then left. We Obviously, that album hasn't come and black flag didn't play another show for five years uh before their 2019 shows including a first uk tour in 35 years where they played six shows including a date at the electric ballroom in london um like i say can't help feeling that that could have been in other circumstances a far far bigger venue electric ballroom a thousand people I think it's twelve hundred, but you're basically you're basically saying if Rollins had been part of it, and if if it had been actually the original lineup, um, they could have played a venue four times that size. I reckon so. Yeah, um, the lineup that night was Gin, Valley, bassist Tyler Smith, and drummer Isaias Gill. I mean, that's even less exciting. Mm. Like mm. two people who just come from nowhere. I mean, what does all this mean? I think. Like I say, it's one of the worst reformations ever, I would say. I found a piece in The Guardian that I think sums it up quite expertly um, when talking about this album. It says, all of this makes what the, an apt title, what the hell would motivate Jim to totally demolish the legacy of Black Flag? It now exists for no other purpose than to harvest money on reunion tours. As the website Jaded Punk notes, at least their former singer Henry Rollins was smart enough to stick to his hobbies of bench pressing and being interviewed in front of his record collection for punk documentaries. Jin, however, can't let a good thing uh, can't 
let a good thing die a dignified death so instead of listening to the tedium of the new album listen again to 1981's damaged and wonder how a band so great could fall this hard Mm. so renfrey Mm. um what the by black flag where are you thinking of sticking it in our lists uh i've had a bit of thought about this beforehand um because it's it's getting you know the list is getting quite big now so having to remind ourselves of like what the other albums are and stuff like that as Mm. well um you know this is not a good record at all um it's a pretty it's pretty bad but there's nothing offensive about it or anything like that it's just bad and i'm sure there are plenty of hardcore bands who release albums of this quality on a regular basis they're probably generally ignored but they probably do um i think it has the odd moment here and there where i pay attention due to a cool guitar riff or lick or something like that um but even those few times on the record just off the top of my head outside off my shoulders i quite liked the chase are marred by bad execution but i was Mm. like is this a broken record or is it just a bad one because i think we have over the process of doing this i think we have actually figured out that there is a difference between those two things and i personally think it's just it's just a, a bad record um so i was going to propose that we place it at number 18 between the enemy streets in the sky and pink floyd umagama um because that's where a lot of albums that are sitting which are quite boring or self-indulgent or um masters of their craft who have fallen from grace whether temporarily or or um or 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 for the rest of time or whatever so i thought that was a relatively good placing for it for my money what do you think i'm happy with that i mean i actually was looking at it and i was going fucking hell i don't know um, maybe i would put it below razor light by razor light but then i'm happy for it not to be below razor light uh maybe ra- just because i was like i kind of remember something about razor light whereas this i just think is one massive riff and it's just sort of embarrassing and i almost feel like putting black flag below razor light would be the slap in the face that greg Jin kind of deserves for <laughs> what he's done um the my my one bone of contention with that is the razor light album made me angry actually yeah. made me angry and this just made me like shrug my shoulders really yeah it made me a bit sad to be honest mm. and i think certainly yeah you're right it's it's just a a bad record from a great band mm. and umaguma is i think it's it's umaguma is better because i think there's moments on umaguma where you look at it and you go you're trying at least you're trying here there is Streets there, the there s- is one there's at least one song on there was that which was actually quite good if i remember yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's a yeah. couple actually yeah. um streets in the sky by the enemy dirty vegas one and razor light razor light yes i think they are kind of they're they're beyond any kind of help really those mm. records i think mm. they are actually just you 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 couldn't ever consider them good i think where i suppose at least black flag you go i you because they do sort of like you say it does sound like greg Jin's guitar and it does sound like black flag it just sounds like a very very weird 
version of them. I mean, to put it into a bit of context for you, when it ends, right, you listen on Spotify and the last song um, off finishes, yeah. Off My Shoulders finishes, and it then goes in to Paralyze, the first song on In My Head, which is obviously the 1985 album. And I was, and I, I don't think In My Head is, it, it's pretty like, ho-hum black flag record do you know what i mean it's not one that anyone ever really goes to but it sounds great Mm. in comparison to like you go oh it's still the same band but this sounds amazing Mm. and this is not my war or damaged or you know the you know the first four years comp or anything like that this is a black flag album that no one really ever talks about and it sounds comfortably far far better far 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 better so yeah but i guess it's at least recognizable so i'm happy to put i'm happy to put black flag what the um in between pink floyd's umaguma and streets in the sky by the enemy there it goes it's in there rem free lovely stuff um i'm looking forward to never listening to that album ever again i have to be honest no i i I, i'm quite happy to see the back of it i mean like i said (laughs) we've done way way worse but you know just very boring and just not of much interest at all and as we do that as we decide to never listen to black flags what ever again my hand is in the hat full of shit to pick out our broken record 31 i think i've got two here oh no i've got one and next time we will be doing oh Oh, one more light by Lincoln Park. Oh wow! <laughs> to disrespect a dead man. Uh, <laughs> looking forward to that. What you mean, um, me? Hey, hey! Yeah, no, I would, I've got much more respect for you than I have uh, the dead man that I'm referring to in that uh, initial thing anyway good uh so there you go thanks very much for listening i hope you enjoyed the show it's a little bit different isn't it the old broken records lark um we will find the worst album i have a feeling one more light by lincoln park again probably isn't going to be beating broken side because i remember that album but not as bad as broken side anyway uh we'll be back next week with that thank you very much for listening we appreciate that and um you know go over and listen to our weekly riot act show you can listen to us wherever you've been listening to this and you can sign up for our riot act patreon at patreon.com forward slash riot podcast where we talk about things that we actually like imagine that <laughs> we do quite regularly <laughs> we actually do yeah, yeah, quite regularly do. all right nice thanks so much for listening guys we'll see you later <laughs>